Welcome to the One New Man Network from Kirtlandry Ministries at House of David, where we learn about the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. The following is a replay of a previous service. Tonight, I want to talk to you about faith and hope. We're actually in a time where the Lord is preparing us for promotion. And really, you should be excited because the Lord is shaking you right now, and he's shaking you free from everything that is contrary to what you need to climb your mountain. Okay? And I know it doesn't feel that way, but that's why the shaking is coming. The shaking is allowed of God to shake you free from the hindrances and the things that are holding you back from being who you need to be in him in this season of time. Now, faith and hope, you have five major, and this is not in the notes, but you have five areas that you need to know that Satan attacks. So there's more than five, but if you, at least if you expect it, there's five areas that are attack zones that the enemy comes after people to steal their faith and to steal their hope. And the first one is to avoid fellowship. That's the number one is isolation. Number two is famine. I'll call it this way. Famine of the word of the word of the Lord. You're spiritually starving. And three is silencing of your prayer life. You've just, you, he'll attack till you lose desire that you don't want to pray anymore. And the reason people don't want to pray is because people feel like God's not answering their prayer. So if he's not answering my prayer, then why should I pray? And, uh, you know, there's different ways of praying. There's different meditations and there's different things that the Lord wants to do in this hour. And, um, I had an experience today I haven't had in a long time, uh, we had the baby at the house and, and I always tease her like it makes her feel better. I said, well, you know, you're going to go down for a nap, which a lot of times she doesn't want to do. But I told her Wasaba is going to take a nap. So it's like if I'm taking one and she's taking one, she feels better like she's not missing something. So I told her that and 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 I had no intentions of going to take a nap. I was just telling her that and I went out in my office And the Lord said, no, I want you to lay down. I want to show you something. So I actually fell asleep for probably about 10 minutes. And I woke up and the Lord gave me a vision for the fall feast. I mean, it's awesome. It's an awesome vision of what's going to happen in 5779. But I don't think I would have gotten it. I think I had to slow down enough to lay down on the couch in my office to wake up in it to grasp it. So a lot of times you just have to really obey the Lord and and allow him to get you settled down so he can speak to you. The fourth area that Satan attacks is fear and shame, where he he puts fear and shame. Well, you're not going to succeed, and then it creates fear, and then you're going to be shamed, you know, in the community or your family. And then the fifth area of attack is dread and doubt. These are also symptoms of witchcraft. Avoiding fellowship, famine of his word, no desire to pray, fearing fear and shame, and dread and doubt. But I want to talk to you about overcoming all these things with faith and hope. Amen? We're going to go into Hebrews chapter 11. 
verse 1 and 3. You're all familiar with these verses. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And that word substance in the Greek actually translates out to be under like a waterfall or tidal deed. I want you to focus on the tidal deed part. Okay? I want you to be real practical. If you own the home that you're in or you're leasing or renting, you do not carry that lease agreement or that title deed with you every time that you go into your house. You carry a key or a code, however you get in your house. But you don't present your title deed and speak to the door to be opened and demand that you have entrance because you carry the title deed. Why? Because you're not entering into your house by faith. You know it's your house and you have title deed to it and you own it and you're going in because you have the key. Now, you wouldn't do that at somebody else's house. It would feel totally strange. But your relationship with faith needs to be that your faith is powerful. It is your title deed in the courts of heaven to the throne room of God. It's not something you're fighting for. It's something you own. Look at your neighbor and say, I own title deed to my faith. Now, verse 2 says, for by, the, by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. The neighbors observed the elders and said, hey, they have a good testimony. Why? Because of their faith. How did they know it? Because the elders were speaking out things. And they had faith in it. And a lot of the elders spoke out things that never happened. But because they had faith in their God and what they were saying, they had a good testimony, even though it didn't manifest until maybe some of them thousands of years later. But their testimony was still good. It wasn't the evidence of things seen. It was their faith in the unseen that was unwavering that overcame their neighbor's fears and doubts. Because see, a lot of times we put too much weight on, well, that that's going to damage my testimony because it didn't happen yet. You know, I prophesied that my olive tree would plant a million olive trees in Israel. We're at 30 to 40,000 right now. And it has been gut-wrenching to get those in the ground. But I promise you, I may not be here. It may be in Arabella's day. But there will be a million olive trees planted at some point. Because it wasn't my idea to speak it. I didn't want to. We had a huge wrestling match with God. And I still believe it to this day. And that's, that's my testimony. My testimony isn't to plant the million trees. My testimony is to prophesy it and believe it. Verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The reason we must have faith as Christians is that we are the creative agent on earth for the creative God. 
God is not looking to the billionaires and the engineers and the architects and the doctors to create what God wants created on earth. He's looking to his people who are kings and priests, according to the order of Melchizedek, to speak it out by faith so he gets the credit. He's waiting on you to speak it out. He's waiting on you to be free from the spiritual witchcraft attack of doubt and unbelief, dread, fear. Oh, you may be wrong. So what? If you have faith in what you're saying, even if it doesn't manifest, you have a faith evidence that was considered pleasing to God for the elders. See, we get too hung up in that somehow it has to happen in a two to three year period of time so that we don't look like false prophets. We, we have been blessed in this ministry because we live in such prophetic times to have so many things that have been spoken that have actually happened. But that's very unusual. If you look over biblical timelines in the times that have been prophesied here and what has happened, we have many more things than Isaiah or Jeremiah or Zechariah or Amos. We have been really blessed because we're in a time of accelerated prophetic dimension. So we're not the first ones to speak it. I'm not Amos speaking about the restored tabernacle of David. I live in the restored tabernacle of David. But we get caught up as, well, if they say it and it doesn't happen in a certain timeline, those timelines belong to God. God is eternal. A day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. But we understand that it has to be spoken to frame the world. What happens if your ministry starts to be the ministry that prophesies into the rule and reign of the thousand-year reign of the new Jerusalem? Well, you're never going to see it here, but you're going to be a real hero in that thousand-year millennial reign. But you'll be considered a false prophet here prophesying into that age. But if you do it in, with integrity and with faith, then it's evidence that you believe in God and that is the testimony that overcomes Satan. So that things which are seen were not made with things which are visible. Things are made by prayer, supplication, proclamation, decrees. Things are birthed in the Spirit. God creates with words spoken through people of faith, not people of doubt and unbelief. That's why faith is the title deed. It is the substance of things hoped for. It has to be hoped for because it takes faith to speak and believe something that you can't see. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I think in modern day Christianity, we try to live in a way. I don't think anybody consciously actually does this. But it's like if we could just have, and I'll speak in the ministry world, if we could just have enough resources in the ministry to accomplish our goal, then we could be at peace. 
Well, you might be at peace, but you wouldn't be pleasing God because you're doing it in the strength of your own resources. That's why God's kingdom is ever growing and ever expanding because as God blesses you with this amount of resource, with this responsibility, you no sooner get that concrete, so to say, and uh, uh, hypothetically, that concrete no longer, no sooner dries on this accomplishment and then here comes something else that causes you to have to have a vision and a lifestyle to believe him for the bigger thing. Because God is a God of crawl, walk, run. And it doesn't ever stop. The key to living by faith is to make a decision that you know that it is mandatory as a born-again, spirit-filled believer in God through Jesus Christ, through Yeshua HaMashiach, that it is your job to speak and say what he tells you to say when he tells you to say it. He, what You have to speak it when he tells you to say it and what you say. And not a lot of Christians live there. And the reason that we have a poverty mentality and an orphan spirit in the body of Christ is the body of Christ has never been taught that they are not to be codependent on daddy, but they're to speak as daddy. You read John 17. Jesus prayed that we would be one as he was one. He wants to speak the Holy Spirit that's in God and in Jesus in you wants to speak out what he needs on earth. And he's waiting for somebody with faith to believe it. So what's the issue? The issue is, am I really hearing God or not? That's the issue. When I spoke that out and I started down that path, was that God or was that me? Or they like to say in church culture, was that a pizza dream? I eat pizza all the time. It doesn't make me dream. Heartburn, not dreaming. So the key is, is to be able to be really in a place where you're hearing from God. One of the reasons the Lord says, do not forsake the assembly of yourself. There's two things I'm going to do that's changed in me in this last year. And I'm not going to apologize for between now and the return of the Lord. I am not going to apologize for speaking to his children as a spiritual father that you need, you have an attendance issue. Because your attendance is critically important because what I'm speaking tonight is not me. It's of the Holy Spirit and it's feeding in. It should be confirming in you, building up your faith that you're tracking so that tomorrow when the Lord tells you to stand out wherever it is and says, son of man, can these dry bones live? You'll be able to speak it out and say, I know because I got confirmation last night. And the other thing I'm not going to back off on is the prosperity because there's that socialistic spirit that's in America on the liberal side. That snowflakey spirit has drifted into the church. But it's not coming into our house. 
I don't I don't know who I don't know who these snowflakes think are going to pay for all this good work you're going to do. But it comes because you're focused, you're disciplined and you have hard work and you have faith and you prophesy big things and you put your reputation and your life on the line believing God and you do all the small things God asks you to do and he brings it about and it's not easy. But why do the snowflakes get to be able to go out into the mission field and have all these wonderful things on our nickel? Those days are over. It's over with me, I can tell you that. I'm not supporting anything that won't be by faith and hard work in the Lord. Because God blesses both. The scripture says, And the Lord blesses the work of our hand. Do our work as unto the Lord, so that when nobody's watching, You do your work as unto the Lord. You don't do as little as you can every day. You do as much as you can because you want to please God. And you're not trying to earn it, but faith without works is dead. So you want to have a lifestyle where you say, Father God, I'm going to allow my soul for the next five years to become comfortable with speaking things out that are unseen, knowing that that's what I'm called to do. And I release the ownership of it to the Lord. But I'm going to draw nigh unto God so that when I really hear his voice, I have faith to speak it. Faith worketh through love. And you have to have love for the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in order to be able to hear what God is saying to you. With faith, it is never too late to start a faith walk. Within the sound of my voice, all of you can make a decision today. I'm going to start down the faith walk. In Hebrews 11, 11, for faith, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. That's the key. The key with the word of God is not judging yourself faithful. It's judging him faithful to fulfill the promise. He's faithful. That's why I'm a covenant teacher. Covenant teacher is all about, well, I may fail, but he will not fail. Because God is not a man that he should lie. God cannot break covenant with you. You can only break covenant with God. You need to judge him faithful. Particularly when you're being tested with timelines of deliverables on the promise. God has eternity on his side. Isaiah is not in heaven right now saying, you know what, you had me prophesy all this stuff and I didn't see any of it. Well, he's seeing it right now. And by the time he got into glory, he didn't care if he saw it or not. He was in the presence of Messiah. But he is seeing it now. Everything God has you speak out that is of God will come to pass. Not one word of it shall come back void. It will come to pass. It will only not come to pass if you're too afraid to speak it. And then he'll find somebody else to speak it. You have to circumcise your heart to be separated 
from the pride of results and being right. You have to circumcise your heart from the place of being accused of being wrong. Like all the prophets that were before you. And know that when you're proven right, there's no apology letters coming. But God is looking for people who will speak what he says and not be afraid of what man says. And it's not people on television and with a pulpit like, like myself. He's looking at everybody. If you want to change your community, you need to start prophesying into your community. Your communities are in the condition they're in because of what the believers say about it. If you want it to change, change what they say. You be the first believer to stand up. Go stand at the gate of that city and start prophesying onto the city about what God says it's supposed to be. Start with your neighborhood. But she judged him faithful. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, speaking of Abraham, were born as many as the stars of the sky in the multitude, innumerable as the sands which is by the seashore. So if you look at the Jewish people and the believers in Jesus Christ, who are the seed of Abraham by faith. Abraham didn't see it on earth, but he's certainly seen it as a witness in heaven. And the best is yet to come. Hebrews 12.25. This is strong. I always, you know, I'm, I read as much of the Old Testament as the New, probably pretty balanced. But I know I have some friends in ministry and they don't like reading the Old because they feel like it's so strong. But listen to this. This is New Testament. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. Wow. That's pretty good for you, the preachers. This is going to be the most difficult thing in the next five years in ministry is the Holy Spirit is going to put a demand on pulpits or bimas, however you want to call it, that that whoever the servant is there speaking is going to have to say what he wants to say, not what they want to say. And the Lord's telling him, don't, don't refuse me. It's going to be hard because the ministries are built on saying what they want to say. In fact, a lot of them, you're going to struggle because your denomination actually sends you the subjects and the actual scripture notes to what you're supposed to say. And actually threatens you and say, you can't go off into this other, you have, this is where we're going because somebody higher up, some man somewhere said, this is what we're going to preach. Well, they're going to have a rough time in the next five years because the Holy Spirit shown me I'm not going to tolerate people not letting me speak in my pulpit. And that's a word of the Lord. It's okay here because I've, Pastor Tim and I, and the, we don't let people come here unless they understand. We always tell them when they come, any visitor, and we're very careful who we ask to speak here, we always tell them we want to hear what God has to say. 
We're not asking you to come here to reinforce what we do. We're asking you, we want to hear what God has to say. So when Bishop Paul comes here and speaks what God is saying, that helps Pastor Tim and I and the other people that speak to let us know, are we on track or not? And if he's a man pleaser, he just comes in and says what we said the last two weeks. I'm not interested in that. And this is for biblical year 5779. I'm prophesied to you now. Next year, this Rosh Hashanah, this this is coming up here. This is what's getting ready to happen. It says, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens. 2018, the end, 2019, you're going to see extraordinary signs in the heavens. And I'm not talking about eclipses and moons and things that are on cycle. I'm talking things out of cycle like meteors and and things that are evidence of the heavens shaking and breaking loose because God's shaking the heavens. And what that really means is there are things in the demonic principality level and power level that has hindered us from being able to take that next step forward as a remnant, and God is shaking them out of their places of authority this coming fall at the fall feast. Yeah, someone should be giving a shout here. Verse 27, now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of the things that are being shaken as things that are made, that are things which cannot be shaken, may remain. So he's shaking heaven and earth in this season. And the reason he's shaking heaven and earth is he's shaking heaven and earth, particularly in the sheep nations and in his sheep, in order to get them ready for the world harvest of the end time revival, ushering in the second coming of Messiah. And and he's taking the remnant inside the remnant of the third day and he's preparing them and shaking them so that the abundance of what he pours out on them does not destroy them with them thinking they did it. See, there are corporations right now that are making a lot of money and they're doing well and they actually think they're doing it but they don't know that they actually have men and women of God who are prophets unknown to them prophesying over them as heathens into their business because the Lord has them, has he's building inside that heathen structure and then one day he'll lay hold of it and he'll bring it into his kingdom. But he has prophets prophesying into it now and yet the heathens actually think they're doing it. Are you hearing me? But these prophets know what they're doing because God says, I want you to go into this mountain and lay hold of this. I want you to go into this mountain and lay hold of that. And there's no evidence of that money ever coming out. We're saying, well, that's a dangerous industry and this is this and this is that. And the Lord says, I don't care. You just lay hold of it. You build the structure. And when it's my time, I'll take it out of their hands and put it into the kingdom hands. See, that's way outside the box. But I'm telling you, that's exactly what's happening. Therefore, 
This is for you and I, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Look at your neighbor and say, my kingdom is being strengthened by the love of God. And God himself is removing things that are being shaken. I trust the Lord that what's left will be the most excellent way. So therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. The Lord's been visiting this house with two types of fire. Fire of the Father's love. Why? Because faith worketh through love. And then the fire of the fire of God's authority. What is the fire of God's authority? To speak what the Father tells you to speak without fear of man. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you don't speak it out. Most of us only speak out what we can believe for, not what he says to speak out. The enemy is really battling in the second heaven, twisting what God is saying to you. And so by the time it gets to you, it's in such a twisted way. That you're not comfortable like you're, like you're really hearing from the Lord. Most of you get words from the Lord where you really hear from him the first time. And then after you ask some people to pray and you start thinking about it, you talk yourself out of it because that Leviathan spirit comes and twists it. And then you say, well, well, that wasn't God. That's why delayed obedience is disobedience. I'm studying this prophetic word the Lord's given me and it's interesting that when people make a decision to invest forty to $50,000 to climb Mount Everest, the reason they want to climb it is because it's the highest peak on earth. So you've got you've to raise all this money and you've got to get all of this connection. And the thing that's interesting that in May, there's only a two to three week window of time that you can leave and get to the base camp. And people don't usually make it during that time because by the time you get with the Sherpas and the different things and getting your stuff up and the oxygen and the food and all the supplies, all the different things and stuff, there's a delay. And, and then if you miss that two or three window of time, that's when people get killed because if you actually leave the base camp in that window of time, you can get up and down the mountain without treacherous winds. But if you leave late or you go too early, the winds can go up to like beyond the Category 5 hurricane, 175 mile an hour winds. And the Lord showed me is that you need to train the people that they need to hear the Lord and not delay. 
because when I ask them to go to base camp, they need to go to base camp because when it's time to leave, and I'm speaking to you as ministers because God is, is getting you ready to leave, and what happens is you, you have all these perfect, well-meaning people in, in your life and, and in your ministry, uh, and they're cautious and they love you and they're trying to protect you, and some of them even may be family members. But the bottom line is when the Lord tells you to move, you better move. Because in the spirit, there's portals of time as well. And this fall feast is one of those portals. I wouldn't miss the fall feast here. And uh, I would be here for the fall feast in House of Day. I wouldn't miss it. That's our base camp. We're going up the mountain. You need to make a decision. You're going up the mountain. You need to make a decision that it is impossible to please God without faith. You need to make a decision. I will live by faith and my hope will be in the judge. I judge the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through Jesus Christ to be faithful that if I speak it and if it's in his word, it shall come to pass. And quit hyperanalyzing yourself on how somehow your lack of doubt and unbelief Stopped it from coming to pass. God is asking you to believe it with the face of faith of a mustard seed, but he's asking you to speak it as if you're him. And he says, I'm giving you the fire to do it. Take your families back. Take your community back. Take your land back. Take your money back. Take your health back. Just let the enemy know tonight it is over. We know that you have come to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's over. Because Jesus has come to bring life, life more abundantly. And we are eternal thinking Christians. We lay up our treasures in heaven. We cannot lose. The Lord asked me tonight to ask you a question, all of you on the broadcast and in the house. He said, tell my people to take the title deed of their faith back from that lying Satan. He said, don't ask for explanations. He's saying to you tonight, thus says the Lord, Take the title deed of the substance of your faith back and I will give you hope that will overflow into every area of your life. He says, You've, you have wanted healing. You have wanted revival. You've wanted financial prosperity. You've wanted all these things. But the Lord says, it's impossible to please me without faith. He says, if you're going to come to me in my courts of heaven, you need to be having that faith, that title deed to your faith inside the lapel of your coat over your heart. And from this day forward, Satan needs to know he's never getting his hands on it again. There's not going to be any shame. 
God is not going to allow you to have shame. He's not going to allow you to have doubt. God is going to fulfill every promise that he has made to you, for you, and through you. You don't have to fix your situation. All you need to do is say, I'm taking that title deed of faith back. It's just a choice. I don't know how clear I can make it, but you just have to say, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to do it. And I don't care if I don't ever see one promise that I speak out come to pass. I am not going to stand before him by saying, I'm sorry, I was too prideful and too afraid to say it. He's got a lot to say. And he's going to say it through you. It may only be in your prayer closet. Doesn't have to be here with cameras running. But he sent me here tonight as a prophet of the Lord to you saying, I'm preparing you to go to base camp in this fall feast. And all the purpose that you've had in your life, your Mount Everest, we're climbing it together after tabernacles. And we got a time to leave. We got a short window of time. And he says, and you'll feel go with me. We'll avoid all the high winds and the danger and there'll be no casualties amongst you. And the promise that I made to you that House of David would be a safe place. Kurt Landry Ministries would be a safe place. I promised you. He says, but, but you have to tell him we're leaving on that last night of tabernacles. We are going up the mountain of the Lord. But everything that needs to be spoken will be spoken between now and that time. So I guess we're kind of at that Ezekiel place where son of man can these dry bones live and he's not wanting to hear only you know. No. He's saying son of man will you take your title deed back? That means to admit that you may have lost it for a season. That, that maybe you have to admit that maybe you compromised it for a season. But he wants you to totally take that title deed of the substance of things hopeful or your faith. He wants you to take that scroll out of the river of life that is sealed by the precious blood of Jesus and he wants you to pick it up and put it inside the ephod of the breastplate of righteousness and hang on to it and make a decree that from now till he returns, Satan will never take it from you again. If that's you, you need to come forward. We're not having a keyboard. We're not, we're not doing any of that. This is between you and the Lord. You need to tell him I'm taking it back. You want to be marked in his book. I am taking it back. Nobody could do it for you. I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. You just need to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm taking it back. For some of you, there needs to be real godly sorrow with repentance and say, Lord, forgive me for giving it back, giving it over to Satan. 
You need to ask him to say, forgive me. I didn't, I, I'm, I'm convicted right now. I'm not condemned, but the conviction says that I, I had it and I gave it up, but I'm not giving it up again. We're never going around this mountain again, I can tell you right now. Whatever you ask me to speak, I'm speaking it. I don't care what I think. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm believing it because God is preparing this world for the return of Messiah and I'm a part of it. The reason they can't hear our gospel is because they can't see our gospel. God wants to prosper you. God wants you to manage large amounts of wealth. God wants to heal you. But you've got to believe it. Watch the young black man preach today. He says, the reason we're losing our black people, black children in the inner city is he said, have you ever seen them come into a city and, to, and build a mosque and take 15 years to build it? He said, no. They say they're going to build it. They build it and it's done. He said the same thing with the synagogue. He says, it's only the church that takes 15 years to build something and they never finish. And then you wonder why our children are being sucked into their, because their testimony speaks stronger than ours. We cancel that assignment now in Yeshua's name. We have the faith of God, which is the substance of things hoped for. Father God, everyone within the sound of my voice that has been born has been given a measure of faith. And it's on that title deed. And Lord, we demand those title deeds be given back now in Yeshua's name. If you would say with me, I will be healed. I am the healed, and the Lord will prosper me, and the Lord will favor me, and I will help change this world, and I will speak it by faith in Jesus' name, by the blood of Jesus, all-powerful, all-dominion, our God. Rules and reigns in this earth. We come out of agreement <coughs> with all fear and shame, dread and doubt. We cast off all Jezebel spirits, <coughs> all Leviathan spirits that have twisted the Lord's voice. Your word says, My sheep. Hear my voice and follow not another. I am a son or a daughter of the Most High God and I hear his voice. Now, Lord, I just release a blessing of a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit with fire of God's love to hear his voice. I just release it now. I release it now. Just receive it. Just receive it right now. Just let that fire fall. We're on a journey. And we're preparing for a new beginning. Amen? Amen. And it's time. And God wants to do that for you. Let's bow our heads and we'll seal this. Father God, we just seal this work that's been done in and through your Holy Spirit tonight. Lord, we decree and declare, let every man's name be brought low and the name of Yeshua be lifted up on high. 
And Lord, I thank you for everyone within the sound of my voice that you're going to use them in a powerful way in these end times. Lord, I thank you you are setting them free from the attacks of the enemy and avoiding fellowship, famine of his word, silencing their prayer life, fear and shame, dread and doubt. It's all cast into the lake of fire as of tonight in Yeshua's name. It is not attached to through soul ties or any witchcraft uh, assignments. Lord, we come into the courts of heaven and we say and declare, Lord, we are available to be able to say what God tells us to say. Lord, we're like Isaiah. Lord, cleanse our mouth with that hot coal so that we'll say what God has called us to say. And Lord, we'll go where you tell us to go. And Lord, we thank you. Say, Father God, we have a title deed to our faith. That is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of the things not seen. For by this, the elders obtained a good testimony. And we understand that by faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God. I am an ambassador in Christ. I will speak it and it will come to pass in Yeshua's name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap. Thank you for listening to this message from the One New Man Network. For more information, please visit us at theonenewman.com.